working all over the world. And, uh, uh, and I'm excited. I'm excited about what God's going to do tonight. And, and in the next couple of nights, uh, Pastor Scotty Grulet will be with us tomorrow. I, so that's gonna be, he's going to be here tomorrow on Thursday. It's going to be great because I'm about losing my voice. I'm just on the edge of it. You know, so if I sound like I'm yelling at you, it's because I'm yelling at you. And I don't sound near as sexy as, as uh, Rick Jolly, though, man. Man, you just sound so awesome. Like, got your Barry White going, and wow. See, Roxy's with you. See, you, when you sound good, she just stays right there. <laughs> Amen. Well, anybody here don't own a Bible? Hey, if you don't own a Bible, hold your hand up. And our ushers will we'll get somebody to bring you one. It's our gift to you. We'll make sure everybody has a copy of the Word of God. Uh, because you know what? You need to be in the Word every day. Every day. And, you know, we, li we live in a day and age when there's really no excuse because it's too easy. You can, they, they have an app that will read you a chapter of Proverbs before you get out of bed in the morning. You know, they, they, we have no excuse to not know the Word of God. And, uh, and the Word of God, man, I'm telling you, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's Psalms 119, verse 50. David said, in all, in all my calamities, in all my distress, uh, distress this, this, this is my comfort. Your word revives me. Man, anybody ever had something crazy happen in life? Yeah. And right in the middle of it, you know, and, and, and you can kind of hear the, you know, uh, you know the, the, it, man, it just ain't looking good, ain't feeling good, ain't sounding good. But all of a sudden, something on the inside of you, it, you begin to hear the word of the Lord. You know, and man, the enemy, you know, he, he, he's tried to harm, he's tried to, you know, he's tried to do everything he can to take out of the race, but yet that word, your word revives me. In the middle of all my distress, this is my comfort. Man, what, what we want to do is we want to get ourselves to a place where we don't need to be reminded of that after we forgot, but we know it going in. That, that we can face any situation knowing, man, this is my comfort. No matter what happens, no matter what happens, your word is going to revive me. You know, in, in reality, this could kill me, but his word will revive me. So you realize the, the power of fear that's broken off of your life when suddenly you recognize no weapon formed against me can prosper. Every tongue that rises against me, I can condemn because this is the, or the heritage of the children of a living God. Man, your word's going to revive me. Your word's going to heal me. Your word's going to restore me. Your word's going to refresh me. Your word's going to get me back on track. Amen? And when the enemy thinks I've been taken out, he's going to look around because, you know, and he thinks I've been taken out because he's looking for me, can't find me. But the deal is I wasn't taken out. I was just elevated. I was just taken up. I just take, I was just elevate, just above the situation now. And where you used to find me, wallowing around, you don't find me there no more. Why? Because his word has lifted me, and now, now it's above that. And he's made my feet like hind's feet and set me on the highest places. And the thing that used to cause me so much trouble, now I run to the top of it as if I were a deer. That's what that scripture says. Man, you got you to get in that word. Look, look at your neighbor and tell him, get in the word. 
God's going to do some stuff tonight. I said God's going to do some stuff tonight. going to do some stuff. I'm just sitting here, you know, all, all day, man, I've just been kind of in my mind just listening and uh, hearing God just, there's healing in the house. I feel sorry in a way. It's just a little part of me. I just feel sorry for, for, for that spirit that's trying to bring sickness on your body because he's going to get his boo-boo kicked tonight. You know, you know, depression, man, I, I just, I just want to address that spirit real quick before we go any farther. Depression, get out in Jesus' name. Would it be all right, would it be all right with you if we just do what God told us to do? You know, we're going to do it anyways because that's the plan for the night. We're going to do what God said to do. But it, I hope it's okay with you. I hope that we don't have to run it by you first. But we're just going to do what, what God says to do, okay? What God says to do. I want you to just hold your Bible up, lift that, lift that thing up, and just say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. See, I choose to do what it says I can do. See, I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit from this moment forward. Say, I'm never going to be the same. I refuse to be the same. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Somebody give God a shout and a praise and act like you love him tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. There's a scripture, and, and you know, uh, and they might not be able to get them all popped up there because I'm going to flop around a little bit. I gave them some, but uh, uh, just, you know, the tech guys, man, just give them a break tonight. Everybody, everybody's tired, but we are getting revived. Amen. But uh, uh, there's a verse, John 2, 5, and Jesus, you know, he, he's, uh, uh, he, he's at that wedding, you know, and uh, his mama's, you know, telling him what to do, and, and the time is a little off, it's his opinion, but, but his mama looks at the disciples, and she makes this statement. She says, whatever he tells you, do it. What, whatever he tells you, do it. Tonight, I, I, I just want to sow this seed into the fertile soil of your heart. Whatever he tells you, do it. I want you to look at somebody and say, just do it. Oh, come on, look at them and say, do it. Go, go shout it. Say, do it. Yeah. Here's the deal. You show me a person of great faith, and I'll show you a person of great obedience. Huh? Yeah, yeah, you know what? Uh, we, we, we've, been, we've been believing God for revival, and we've been praying, and we've been pressing in, and, and, man, and, and people have been repenting. I mean, I'm telling you, it's kind of cool when people are taking videotapes of themselves you know, pouring whiskey down the drain, and, and we share that testimony, but now other testimonies are coming in where others have begun, well, okay, that's what God wants, that's what they're doing, and, and, and they're throwing things away that used to have a hold on them. 
And I'm hearing, hearing stories of people that for 40 years, almost 40 years, had a habit with nicotine that just a week or so, even before the revival started, as we were getting ready to come into it, we're talking about God. He's going to be asking you for things. And, and one of the brothers said, you know, I just decided in a Sunday morning service, okay, God, that, that I'm going to give that to you. And, and he said he's tried for years and years to break that off of his life, but he hasn't had one desire for it since the moment in, when God spoke to him and, and said, I just did what he said. And I'm telling you that no matter what he tells you to do, do it. Do it. There's something, there's something about the obedience, see, that, that releases this faith. There's an attitude that is demanded when somebody's looking for a miracle. See, we all want to have miracles, and we all want to experience the, the presence of God, but most of us try to put the responsibility, all of it, back on God. We said, well, I'm just waiting when he, when he move, begins to move. When God's moving, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be pressing in and doing some things, but I'm waiting on God. But it, see, the responsibility isn't really on God. It is on you because God is ready. Look at somebody and tell them God's ready. God is willing. Look the other way. Say, God's willing. I mean, look behind you and tell them God's moving. How many of you tonight would like a miracle in your life? You want a miracle? I'm serious. You want a miracle? Then change your attitude. Quit waiting for God to do something and get an attitude that says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start walking in obedience to what the Word of God says to do. Because I'm going to be the one that, you know, look at it again. Whatever he says to do, do it. Do it. And, and, and later go back and read through this. But you can find out like in verse 2, it was Jesus and the disciples, were they were invited. Jesus was asked to the party. He was called. He got an invitation. He was invited to the party. And, and, and you know, you, you have to make an invitation. You have to give him an invitation to get involved in your situation. See, a lot of us are waiting for him to just swoop in and do something, but you need to set a call out. You need to put a call out. You need to bring an invitation. You need to put a call out to God. And really the question is, how bad you want Jesus at your party? How bad do you want him to get in, 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 engaged in your situation? How bad would you like him to show up in your situation? You know, remember David, he said, as the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longs after thee. Where's that passion? Where's that desire? That went, man, 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 God, we want your presence. We want it more than we want the next air that we're going to take in. We want that more than the next drink we're going to get. We want your presence in our life more than anything else. We need you in this place, in this life, in this situation. And you got to get that passion. Look at somebody. Where's your passion? You, you know, you got you to gotta crank it up. You got to go after it. And what we need to do is stop acting like it don't really matter. Because see, a lot of us, we got our cool on. You know what I'm saying? You know, worship is going and we got our cool on. And if if angels came down and did a river dance on the platform, it wouldn't move some of us. Why? Because we got our cool on. We're too cool to worship. You know, no, what it is, is that we're not quite dissatisfied yet. We're not quite at the point where, we, where, 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 where we're ready to just start crying out to Jesus. I'm telling you, man, there, if, you can't, if, you, if you can't tell that God is doing something right now, 
You spiritually are dead. Okay? Because there's electricity in the room. I mean, dude, this, what day is this? Tuesday. Tuesday night. I'm here every week at Tuesday night. You're not. Okay, God's doing something here, and we're, we're pressing in. There's something going on. I'm telling you, there's something going on. There's, there, there's a spirit of revival, and, God, and I'm telling you that God's going to do some, but somebody's got to get a passionate desire that, that kind of that decides that, you know what, I want, I want something birthed in me, and I don't care who's in the room when it happens. Kind of reminds me of that blind Bartimaeus, you know, because one, you know, blind, blind Bart, you know, he he was a guy that was sat out there alongside the road, and he had he had his corner, and and he was set up, and he was doing halfway decent, you know, making it in life. He had his cup, and he he had his garment, because in order, you know, the, the smart guys in the room will tell you that in order to have a corner, you had to have a garment that that was made it legal for you to beg. And he had his garment, he had his cup, he had his corner, and, and, and he could tell when, when a crowd was coming, he knew, he knew how to work it, okay? He's making a living. But, but he had a friend that told him, man, I just, I, you know, I, just, I just went on a trip, and I got back, and listen to me, Bart, Bart, listen, Bart, if, if, if you ever hear of a guy, his name's Jesus, if you ever hear him, and if he ever comes to this town, I don't care what you got to do, Bart, but you got to get to where he's at. Because I'm telling you, you know what I saw? I saw this with my own eyes, dude. He spit in the ground and made some mud, and he rubbed it in another blind guy's eyes, and then he told him to go wash his face, and when he did, that guy came back seeing. Bart, are you hearing what I'm telling you? Man, if you ever, if you ever hear that Jesus comes to your town, find a way, dude. That was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. And Bart's like, okay, okay. So, so this dude, and he, and, and he, he, he did what? And, and they, you know, and he told him the story two or three times. He just almost couldn't believe it. And then one day, so, you know, several, several days later, so, you know, time passes, but he's just on his corner. He's doing his thing, and all of a sudden, he can tell something different about some difference happening because there's there's a different kind of there's a different environment, different something's in the atmosphere, man. And and people are they're, they're not just walking by like normal. They, they, there's there's becoming more and more of them, and, and he's and he starts you know he starts you know he's working it. This is his corner, dude. This is going to be a great weekend, you know. And, and he can tell they're coming, and he and he and he's laying it out there, and 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 but he can hear a crowd coming. And he, and, he, and he asked somebody, he asked somebody, he goes, dude, what's going on? Who, who is it? Is it Hillary? And they said, no, no, it's not Hillary. And, and, and so this crowd's pretty, this crowd's pretty excited, man. Is it, is it the dawn? You know, is, is he here? No, no, it's not the dawn. Well, who is it? His name's Jesus. And he said, what? And he said, yeah. Man, this, this this dude is coming, and, and and people are brushing up against old Bart. Is that you know? And he's he can he can fill their clothes. They're getting close, and there's more and more. Who is it? And they said Jesus. And he just you know what he did? He threw down his cup, and he just started crying out. And he said, Hey, hey, Jesus, over here. And and you know what they said to him? Uh, dude, you might want to calm it down. Okay. Shh. Shh. Because religious people always want you to be more quiet. You might have picked up on that during worship. That there were people next to you going, Shh. 
That's, that's just that religious spirit. It'll be gone before the night's over. Don't worry about it. They, they said, be quiet. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says, he cried out all the more. Hey! Jesus! I'm over here! And the Bible says that eventually, Jesus stopped. Tell him to come here. Now, don't you think that's kind of rude? You got a blind guy. In the middle of a riot. Tell him to come here. Well, you've got legs and eyes. I've been waiting for you to come to me. Tell him to come here. And the disciples said, be of good cheer. Arise and come. And you know what he did? Dude, I love it. You got to go read it later. You know what he did? He, he took that garment off. Dude. I'm done with this. I'm done with this. Well, ain't nothing happened yet. No, you don't get it. I'm done with this. He said, I, I heard what he said. And I'm doing it. And somebody's gotta get, somebody's gotta get some desire like that. That when, when the Spirit of God, I mean, Jesus is in the room, and somebody's got to get some passion that says, Hey, I'm over here. I need you to touch me. I need you to heal me. I need you to deliver me. I need you to change the, the, the environment that I'm living in. I'm not afraid to cry out. I'm not embarrassed. I, I'm, not a, I, I'm not embarrassed. Matter of fact, the, the more they tell me to shh, the louder I'm going to get. Hello, somebody. You know, back at the wedding. Don't know how Bart got in there. But back at the wedding, you know, uh, Jesus is standing there and he makes a statement. To these guys, because the guys, remember Mary, she said, hey, whatever he says, do it. Whatever he says, do it. And he looks at the guys and he says, uh, fill the water pots with water. Now, can you imagine if they had stopped him and said, um, hey, Jesus, we're not out of water. We don't need more water. See, a lot of times we disagree with how he's doing it. Our obedience is challenged the minute he tells us what to do. Matter of fact, when did the miracle occur? You know, when did the miracle occur? Because the Bible says that 
he, he, he said, fill the, fill the water pots with water, and, and it says, and they filled them to the brim. I mean, it's the same verse. They filled them to the brim. And they could have waited, you know, because I think I know a lot of people in the room that are waiting for a manifestation. Fill the water pots with water. Well, let's wait for a manifestation. Because when we get a manifestation, then, then, then we'll be, you know, we're going to press in. When, when, when we start seeing some things, then we're going to press in. See, the miraculous hinges on your ob- obedience, your, your, your ability to just simply obey. Just simply obey. Look at, look at somebody close to you and tell them, don't you think it's time that you obey? I mean, is there anybody in the room that wants to be healed? Is there anybody here that wants to be delivered? Is there anybody here that, that wants to see a broken family put back together again? Well, maybe it would help you if you, like Bart, started acting like it mattered. Let's start there. Let's start acting like it mattered more than our cool factor, more than anything that anybody else might think about us, and maybe we should just start acting like it matters. You know, I grew up in church, and one of the things that used to drive me nuts, and if, if, you, if you were really into this, I'm really sorry, but this just drives me nuts, and, 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 and we used to have, uh, we used to have these, these services, every service, it seemed like every service as a kid, somebody would get up and say, how many of you have unspoken requests today? We're going to pray together, have an unspoken request, and their hands would go up all over the place, and there'd be 5,000 unspoken requests. And I'm a kid, you know, I'm just a kid and with an attitude, because I was in church twice a day, and I had an attitude, but I thought, this is slightly stupid. Because <laughs> we're, we're, Just raise your hand if you have any unspoken requests. Well, even I knew that you have not because you asked not. And so if you're going to have an unspoken request, you're going to have it when you leave, too. Let me see your hand. How many of you would like to have, a, how many would like to have an unspoken request? On a, I'm just thinking, my God, this is the dumbest thing I ever saw in my life. We're going to do this again at 10. Yeah, hallelujah. <laughs> See, I think sometimes maybe we were dropped when we were babies. <laughs> Ask and you shall receive. Just hold that hand up. Just lift it a little, maybe a little bit higher, a little bit higher. Let your friend know that you have an unspoken request. See, there's an attitude that turns the crank of God. There's, there, there's an attitude that if you read the book, you find out it moves God. And it's not a quiet, timid, hold your breath kind of thing. It's an, it's an attitude that acts like it matters, that cries out above the sound of the crowd, that's willing to press and go after and to do whatever it is necessary 
to obtain the thing that's needed from God. Obedience and the miraculous demand an attitude that's passion-driven. And why do you think the society that we live in and, and this culture is so intoxicated with, it, with an environment that's just so chill? And just calm down. You know, we don't need to be a fanatic. You know, no, don't, you, the world, you know, people are going to think we're crazy. Really? When you're walking in victory? When you're demonstrating Satan's defeat? When you are asking and receiving? That's when they're going to think you're crazy? Not when you're sitting there quietly raising your hand with an unspoken request? I thinketh that we might seeth it wrongeth. I think that we need to get a passion that says, you know what? I'm going to go after the things that God says I can have. Because obviously we're doing something wrong because we keep doing it the same way and we keep getting the same results. And somebody said that's the definition of insanity. So what would happen if a generation of people decided, hey, you know what? We're just sick and tired of a defeated enemy operating on the face of the planet as if he's in control. You know, you know, God, God said that if I ask anything according to his will, that I know that he hears me. And if I know that he hears me, I know that I'm going to receive the very thing that I required of the Lord. So if I'm willing to ask for anything according to his will, knowing that he's going to hear me, then I'm going to start asking for some stuff and I'm going to make sure he hears me. I said, I'll make sure he hears me. You know what I'm asking God for? Unreasonable expectations. I want to start asking God for stuff that I couldn't possibly produce without him. See, I don't need to ask God. You, you can just stop, just stop it. Stop praying prayers. You could answer yourself. Okay, we're going for miracles. Okay, and, and you don't have to ask God to send someone to minister to your coworker. He did. You. <laughs> Some of the dumb stuff that we do to get ourselves off the hook. What, what would happen if we decided, you know what we're going to do? We're going to press it. We're actually going to be a people that believe God. And, and, and we're going to press in, and we're going to be like that old blind bark guy that is willing to cry out in the middle of the street if we have to, to get the attention. And sometimes the crowd noise is so high that you've got to get pretty loud to be heard. But, you know, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, you can ask whatever you will and it will be given to you by my Father. You know, in the original context, that's so strong. It says that if you're consumed with the word and the word has consumed you, that you will ask for things that don't exist and he'll create them for you. There are th think about this, man. If I was a salesman, and, and, and I, you know, back in the day, I used to sell cars, and, 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 and I used this scripture every day on the job because, man, it's, this thing's crazy. I mean, the word of God in all my affliction, this is the comfort that I have. His word revives me. And so if I immerse myself in the word of God and I walk in the word of God and I obey the word of God, I can ask for things that don't exist. And God, you said that you would create them for me. And there's not an, a buyer out there for this particular car in the world. God, I'm looking at this car and I wouldn't buy it. If I had the money, I wouldn't buy the car. But God, you can create what doesn't exist. So you create a buyer for me. I sold tons of cars. 
you know what? It's hunting season. I have witnesses in the room. One day I decided, because you, know you know what I grew up? I grew, my, I grew up, man, we, we, we like to hunt. But we were in an area where everybody hunted, and they'd, they'd take 10, 14 days, and they'd all pack up, and they'd all go, they'd, they'd all go off hunting. But I'd gotten pretty serious about this God thing. You know, I, I, I had come home and, uh, you know, I just made a commitment to God. And I come home and my dad had been healed of cancer and things were getting real in my world. And I made a commitment to God. And I said, okay, I'm not going to live like I used to live. So I'm going to give myself to this thing. And, and, I, and, and that's, when, that's when I began to, I was being taught that verse right there, that if you ask anything according to my will, and it, you know, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you can ask for it and I'm going to create it. And so uh, it, was, it was the last day of hunting season. I was used to hunting every day. But I went out the last day of hunting season, and, and, and I was kind of a little bit upset because I'd been working at the church on so much stuff that I hadn't had any time, and I was kind of a little bit upset, and I was sitting in the truck, and I said, God, you know, I've been, I've been, I've been learning this, this word, this, this scripture right here and what it means, and this is the last day of hunting season. It's the only chance that I've got to go, so I'm going to hold you to it. This is what you said, so I'm going to hold you to this word, okay? Because you said that if I abide in you and your word abides in me, I could ask for stuff that didn't exist, and if it didn't exist, you'd create it for me. And, and I've been looking around all day, but I can't find me a deer. Could you create one for me? And I swear to God, I just looked up on the hill, and there's this deer. And it's looking at me like, <laughs> I swear. And it was a little irritating because it was a spike. And it had to be a forked horn for me to shoot it. And I'm like, that's not even funny. <laughs> God, you said I could ask for anything you created. I don't need a spike. I need a fork and horn. And the deer shook its head, and it became a fork and horn. And I'm sitting there going, what? <laughs> well, shoot it. Okay. I opened my truck door. It was a Nissan four-wheel drive. Ding, 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 ding. Crap. Glance back up the hill. Things like, hurry up, man, I'm dying today, get it over with. Okay. Oh, shoot, man. You ever tried to get a 30 out 6 out from behind the seat of a Nissan pickup? <laughs> Rattle that thing around, shot the deer. It rolled down the hill. It's 20 feet from this road. I put it in. I went home and bragged about my hunting skills. <laughs> Swear to God. <laughs> Swear to God. I, start, I, I drove by people's homes, showed them this buck I killed. I bagged a buck. I bagged a buck. You want to see the oh man? I'm a hunter. I'm the great white hunter. I only had one, only had one day to hunt. You should have seen me out there, man. Stealth, too, man. Stealth. And I uh, got in trouble with God over lying about my deer. Serious, got in trouble with God. And he said, you know what you're going to do? You're going to repent. You're going to stop that because uh, when I do stuff for you, you don't get the credit. He said, you're not the great white hunter. You suck at this. <laughs> it's true. My dad was the hunter. I usually just got to carry it in, but he, he wasn't with me. And so the next year came around, and guys were 
getting ready to go off and go hunting. And they're planning their trips, and they're going to be gone from church for 14 days. And I began to mock them. Well, you're going to go for 14 days. Well, when you get back, I'll wait till you get back. There's no hurry. I'm pressing into God. And I'd wait till everybody was back, and just towards the end of the season, I'd get up. Would I not do this? I'd get up, and I'd say, hey, uh, I'm going to get up early this weekend. I'm going to get up pretty early. Nine. I'm going to go out and bag my deer. If you want to meet me here at the church at noon, I'll show it to you. And we could maybe have lunch together. And I'd just pray, and I'd drive down the road, and Lauren would be standing there waiting for me, and I would shoot it and put it in the truck and bring it back. And they'd say, my Lord, you're good at this. And I'd say, no, I suck at hunting. But God's good at doing his word. You know, Miracles. Miracles, out of obedience. Uh, I want, I lost my glasses. I can't even find my glasses, let alone a deer. <laughs> oh, you think he's making that stuff up? It's funny. I wonder why they call you a believer. <laughs> Just saying. Exodus 23, starting at verse 20. See... I am sending an angel before you to protect you on your journey. I'm sending an angel to protect you, to lead you safely. I love this. To the place. You know what the word place means? See, you know what I love about this place? Uh, I love this place. The word place is a position of effectual opportunity. See, here, here's the deal. The Bible says give no place to the enemy. Do not give the enemy an effectual opportunity in your life. Not even a bad thing. Quit saying the devil's doing that. Don't give that ground to him. We're supposed to, in everything... You know, rejoice in the Lord always. Praise Him and be thankful in everything. You, you know, quit, quit, quit empowering the enemy. Yeah, but let's, check this out. He said, I've sent an angel before you to protect you on your journey and lead you safely to the place I have prepared for you. You realize that God has prepared a place for you. God has prepared, made ready in advance, a position of effectual opportunity for you. Oh, no, you, you're not hearing me. Do you realize that God has prepared, made ready in advance a place, a position of effectual opportunity for you? God has made ready in advance a position of effectual opportunity for you. And he's sending an angel, the Spirit of God. He's sending, he's sending an angel to, to guide you and lead you to that place. So pay close attention to him, verse 21. Pay close attention to him and obey his instructions. Let me tell you, the number one most important thing in your life ever is going to be your ability to obey. Obedience is the number one thing in your life. Why must we repent in order to have revival? Well, because somewhere we stopped 
obeying, and now we got to get corrected for it so we can get back on track with the life that God has for us. And he said, pay close attention to him and obey his instructions. Do not rebel against him. He's my representative, and he will not forgive your rebellion. But if you are careful to obey him following all my instructions, then I'll be an enemy to your enemies. Oh, my God, somebody. If you can just follow my instructions, I'll be an enemy to your enemies, and I will oppose those who, will, who, who oppose you. God is on my side. For my angel will go before you and bring you into the land of all the ites so that you might live there, and I will destroy them completely. But you must not worship the gods of these nations or serve them, check it out, in any way. In any way, or imitate their evil practices. Instead, you must utterly destroy them and smash them. Look at somebody and say, It's time to get smashed. 25, you must serve only the Lord your God, and if you do, I will bless you. You know what God wants you to do tonight? He wants to put you on a collision course with the blessing of God. I said he wants to put you on a collision course with the blessing of God. You know what? He, 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 wants, he wants you to be one of those crazy individuals who just lives a life that others look at and think, that's miraculous. And you say, no, that's the fruit of obedience. <laughs> that's the fruit of obedience. See, do you want to know why God heals? Because he's a healer. It's what he do. He actually almost can't help himself. You know why he blesses? Because that's what he does. He took Adam and Eve in the garden, put them in the garden, and blessed them. He can't keep himself from doing it. He protects, guides, and leads, and infuses with strength and power, and equips, and anoints, and directs, and protects. I mean, you know, this is why, because this is what he does. Well, how in the world do, do we, how in the world do we find ourselves existing with, without that operating in our life every single day? Well, we have to be led astray someplace. We have to disobey, because the miraculous is simply the fruit of obedience. So if I will begin to obey, if I can acknowledge where I am. See, uh, 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 a while back, we, we were doing a series, and, and, uh, and, uh, uh, and, we, and, and I used this illustration. I want to use it again tonight that, that um, if, if you receive direction from God, and he's, this is the place, he's going to take you to the place that he has prepared for you. 
But if you receive, if you receive directions tonight and, and, and somebody printed it out on the GPS for you and, and they printed out those, those directions and, and it says, okay, from where you are, go out, go, go out here and take a left. And you say, well, well no, I, I can't go out there to that street and take a left because I'm not there. That's not where I am. It'll be like, you know, you're going to get someplace and, and, and it's giving you directions from, from here in, in a, a Tri-Cities, but you, you swear that you are in the Palm Springs of Washington. Uh, yeah, I mean, in your head, in your mind, in your heart, no, we're in Yakima. No, you're not in Yakima. And somebody else says, no, I, I'm, I'm in Spokane. And somebody says, no, I'm in Walla Walla. No, we're in Tri-Cities. We're, we're here on Okanagan Place. No, that's not where I am. See, the directions don't make sense if you can't acknowledge where you're starting from. See, so what you have to do in order, in order to obey God, you simply just do what he said, right? You follow the directions. But the directions are really confusing to people who can't acknowledge where their starting point's at. So what repentance does is it brings you to a place where you say, oh, that's where I am. Now I get it. This makes sense, right? Repent. Repent. Get back up on top again. Look at the devil and say, you know, because when you repent, you get to look at the devil and you get to say, I'm back. I'm back in my rightful position. Here we go. What's going to happen? Oh, God's going to bless me. He's going to lead me. He's going to guide me. I'm going to experience miracles. I'm going to experience miracles. Why? Because he's going to say stuff, and I'm going to do it. He's going to talk, and I'm going to obey. He's going to speak, and I'm going to say, yes, sir. I'm not going to wait for manifestations. I'm just going to do what he said. When did the water get turned into wine? I don't know, but they, when he said, okay, go take some out, and they took it out, and it wasn't water no more, I don't care when it happened. All I know is it's going to happen. There's things that are going to happen tonight in this room. You want to know why? Because God told me if I did what he said, he's going to do some things. And, and guess what? There's going to be some healings in this room. Some of you guys don't even want to be healed. You try, you're just mad at me still about something. I don't know what it is. But you, you're still a little upset, and you're going to get healed anyways. Why? Because it's not up to you. As God said, if we'll do this, that he's, he would do that. And so we're doing what he told us to do. And guess what he's going to do? Exactly what he said. I'm telling you, he's going to do exactly what he said. Some of you are going to get delivered tonight. Some of you are going to have some freedom tonight. Some of you, some of you guys, I'm telling you, man, that you're going to get put, you're going to get, you're going to get reestablished. Like this is where you're starting from. You get to repent. You get to, you get a, you get a fresh start spot. And it's going to be crazy because all God wants to do is bless you, use you, flow through you, heal you. Restore you, refresh you, renew you, revive you. So what we're going to do tonight is we're, we're going to cry out just a little bit. We're going to cry out to God just a little bit. We're going to cry out a little bit. You know, sometimes you're going to have to cry out a little bit louder than the guy next to you. Maybe that'll help you. Just, hey, over here. And we're, and, and we're, and we're going to just, just going to put a draw on the presence of God. 
But, you know, tonight before service, I, we got together in my office and some of the, some of the ministers and, and, and we prayed and, and you know what, and they're, they're equipped and they're going to come. And I'm going to ask you, you know, if I give you a bottle, just you and your spouse come and just stand someplace down here. And what I want to do is eradicate sickness. I don't want any more sickness in your body. And we're gonna, if, if, there's, if you need healing, as, as the worship team begins to play and sing, you're just going to come to one of them, and they're going to pray with you, and you're going to walk out whole. And we're just going to break the back of sickness tonight. Amen? Okay, we're just going to break the back of sickness. What are you sitting down for? Stand up on your feet. Come on, guys. Let's go. Let's, let, let's begin to press into this thing. Just, just somebody say, do it. do it! Oh, amen. Come on, give him a shout and a praise right now. Thank you, God. God, we magnify you. We magnify you. Lift up holy hands. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we celebrate your presence in this place. We celebrate your presence, Father. Holy Spirit, just begin to move and operate. Change us from the inside out. God, we, we acknowledge you are the king. And it's your heart and your desire to, to heal so God, right now, in Jesus' name, we're going to release it. Where, where are my couples I gave thanks to that are going to pray for the sick people and the, uh, and the sick people are going to come? Just turn around and face them and, and uh, don't all stand together. Spread yourself out here. Just begin to come. You got sickness in your body? Come, these guys are going to pray for you. We're going to press in.